Being a mom is one of the most challenging things any of us can do, especially me because I'm not a mom and never be a mom, but watching moms and dealing with moms. But one of the issues is balance, the balance between mom and then being a mommy and then being married and the house and the job. How do you balance all that? And is this the first time anyone's ever had to think through these things? No, it's not. And there are answers. We're going to talk about that today. You're listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J, and we have a special guest all this week, Rosemary Barnes. And we're so happy you're here because you give the mother-female side (laughs) of Dr. Barnes, Mm -hmm. who we enjoy, but it's nice to have the other perspective. Well, it's nice to have the smart Barnes in the room is what you're really saying, and probably the greatest. You said it, not I. (laughs) But you wanted to say it. And without a doubt, the greatest mom I've ever seen function. I mean, there is no doubt. Your daughter introduced you at a pastor's wife's conference this weekend and introduced you as not only the greatest mom, but the most godly person she's ever known, which was absolutely awesome. But I think what the other thing is you got to grow up and watch mothering and watched grandmothering, and then you thought through the whole mothering job. And we want to talk about finding that balance, how you found that balance. There are some things that you walked away from when you became a mom. And I need to be careful with this statement, but when you got pregnant, you were a public school teacher making twice as much as I was making working here at Sheridan House. You also have a master's degree and were a phenomenal reading therapist and a public school teacher, but you walked away and you really didn't start that ladies Bible study until your children were in high school, choosing some priorities, dropping some things, being realistic. And, and that's what I want to talk about today, finding the balance. How does a mom begin to find the balance? And I guess that begins with realistic expectations, doesn't mm. it? And I think if you were tuned in yesterday, you you heard us talking about how underprepared we were and how there's so many things that play into feeling overwhelmed as a mom. And I think the first thing to think about is to be honest about that and say, you know, I feel like my whole life has turned upside down. Perhaps before that child came, I had a very ordered life. You know, I went to the job, got home, fixed dinner, or put the crock pot on in the morning before I left, and everything seemed to have an order and a place. And then all of a sudden, my whole world has been turned upside down, and where do I begin? Mm -hmm. And I think a good place to begin is to honestly say, wow, this is not what I expected. And then to crawl out from under that and begin to think through how can I prioritize and make this happen in a systematic way. Mm -hmm. I think what you're saying, it's interesting. We did have our routine down. Mm -hmm. We were in control. We thought of our schedule. We would even, if you remember Fridays, we'd leave the house. We'd each go to IHOP. We'd have breakfast together on Fridays at IHOP. That was our big out financially (laughs) breakfast. And then you'd go over to Colbert Elementary School. I'd go over to Sheridan House and it was boom, 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 down to the beach on Saturday or do whatever. It was very, very ordered. And then all of a sudden, everything's up in the air. And this little being has taken so much control of our schedule and our priorities Mm -hmm. and and our money. Our finances changed (laughs) dramatically. And I think one of the things that was commendable in your world as I looked at it is when you asked me, can we make it financially if I quit work and raise this baby? And I said, I have no clue whether we could make it financially, but the only way to find out is to actually do it and see if we can. And you willing to scale back 
financially, and it was a huge scale back. I mean, we went years after that, never going out to eat again as we scaled back. But there was a dream, and the dream was to make the number one thing we do the children. The children were never the center of our home. We have to be very, very careful about that. The children were the ministry of our home, but not the center of our life. Yeah, I was going to say, explain that, how they're number one, but they're not. They were the ministry, but the center of our home was our marriage. And Mm. there would be times when they would be these little babies. They weren't really babies. Roe would be about four and Tori would be about seven. And they were on the other side of the glass door. They're in the family room playing. And we'd Mm -hmm. be on the porch sitting there with the sliding glass door and have to say, Mom and I need a cup of coffee. We just Mm -hmm. need to be out here. And I remember saying, knock on the door if one of you is bleeding. And they would laugh and we would laugh, but they got it. And you know, one of them would knock on the door. Mm -hmm. But as that child would knock on the door, we would all kind of, you know, assess. And I'd go like, that and put my finger up and say, we'll be in in a minute. And we needed for them to see that our marriage was number one. Mm. And we needed to decide that it really, 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 really was number one. And she needed adulthood. She needed an adult to talk to when we were out there. But I think the first sacrifice was we were talking off air about the competition and the self-esteem of a mom and how they have them dressed in all the perfect clothing and and all of this. And I think that's every little girl's dream to dress up her dolls and Mm -hmm. then her babies. Mm -hmm. But when we started getting our clothes from thrift shops and we started getting our baby clothes as hand-me-down from friends. Mm -hmm. And it it was just commendable to me that that wasn't a big deal to my wife. It was no big deal to me at all. I think babies need her with just a diaper on anyway, but it was no big deal. (laughs) Put a blanket over there. They're they're awesome. But that you would pass on getting competitive Mm -hmm. in that. And you sewed some of their stuff, which Mm -hmm. I don't I'd never seen anybody sew anything. But it was making sure we put the right things out front. And I think if we're not careful, I think a lot of men have extramarital affairs with their jobs. There's a lot of different affairs you can have, and they're all just as bad. An extramarital affair, according to Scripture, is number one, when something gets on the throne of my heart other than God. Mm -hmm. And then my next priority needs to be my marriage, then my children. And I think a lot of men have extramarital affairs with their job, but I think a lot of women have extramarital affairs Mm -hmm. with their children. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I've met a lot of moms that, and then when there's marriage, problems, Mm. their focus really becomes the kids because at least they can control that Mm -hmm. a lot more than they can control their husbands or their marriages. Right, right. And I think a real first step in realizing there's more in life besides these children (laughs) is to not allow the children to just overwhelm a mom and just to realize, okay, I love these children. I'm totally responsible for them. There's a lot involved, more than I ever dreamed, but I cannot lose sight of the important things in my life. I cannot lose sight of the fact that I need to have a relationship with God and I need to have priority to spend time with him. I've got to figure it out. I have to be creative. I have to be balanced with that, but I need to have that spiritual input in my life, number one. What does that look like? How can I make that happen in a realistic way? And then secondly, my marriage is the most important relationship above them. And so how can I do that? How can I balance that? And I think it's really thinking through the process that there's more to life than just the children mm. and making them be an the extra ministry. Man. Yeah. The and, ministry. And rather than the priority. And so just thinking that through and realizing that and then starting to think through and how to Acting on it. Yeah, I think it's an acting on it. I remember the first inner conflict you had with that, and that was back in the early 80s, and you and I were flying out to Arcadia, California, to do some tapes. Mm -hmm. No, I was flying out to do some tapes on the single parenting book and asked you to come along, and you had a, I don't know how old Roby was, maybe two. You had a two-year-old, and it would be the- I think he was two or three. Two Mm -hmm. or three, maybe, and leaving him for four days Mm -hmm. with your best friend who had babies the same age, Mm -hmm. and the pain of that, and almost backing (laughs) 
coming mm-hmm. out of that, and then him getting chicken pox. Oh my and so oh. he gets chicken pox, and we go to the doctor, Whoa, and the pediatrician yeah. says, take the trip. There's nothing you can do. And you feeling, am I a mom that would leave this baby with chicken pox? And your friend says, just go. Please leave him so my children can get chicken pox early. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then she you actually, start thinking about the other kids, <laughs> yes, too. Yes. They're going to blame it on yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was the whole, the, uh, and then everybody was in place for that but you. And in reality, that became probably one of the most pivotal trips of our marriage, mm-hmm. going out there and doing a day of taping. And then I'd never been to California and driving up the coast and just spending three days parked at a bed and breakfast. And, and for me, it was more money than we could afford to do, but you were pushing for it. And the talks we had, mm-hmm. and that was the time where we made the decision, second honeymoon every year, we will find a way. If we have no money, we'll just go stay somewhere in Fort Lauderdale. If we have any money, we'll go someplace or wrap mm-hmm. it around a seminar and stay later mm-hmm since they're paying for us to fly there and and how making our marriage the center and finding those times and finding those moments and saving towards it was so huge. But it's really hard though when you have the demands of a newborn or even a Mm two-year-old and then your husband walks in the door and he's priority now too and it's like, do I have anything left of me? Exactly. Well, I think there's two steps here. When he walks in the door and part of this is the ongoing process of educating him to how hard your job is because so often I would walk in and Rosemary had a cabinet that was available to the children which is the same cabinet that's available to our grandchildren and it's the plastic Tupperware whatever you call that cabinet of all those things and I would walk in and see this two-year-old sitting in front of the cabinet and the entire kitchen floor is Tupperware lids and everything and her being okay with that and walking around the kitchen cooking dinner with that and me walking in and looking and my face said look at this house what did you do all day? Right. And having to be educated that this is what I'm supposed to do all day, house beautiful is not the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And then a great thing happened. Rosemary flew somewhere for two days and four hours to uh, speak. 22 minutes yeah, yeah, and yeah. five seconds. And so I had to take care of the kids for the weekend. So I had the kids from taking her I to the airport. I think that's the solution oh, for yeah. every marriage. <laughs> and she was, supposed to get, she was supposed to arrive at the airport at such and such a time Sunday afternoon and someone else was going to go pick her up and bring her home and I'm there and I'm looking out the window. I am staring out the window. Where are they? I'll bet you they went out to eat and left me for an extra hour here. And you I thought that. Oh, 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 I am going by the minute. I mean, medicate me. Oh and what gosh. I thought was, I thought, I, you know, I'm a very organized person and I thought I'm going to organize their life. We're going to have activities to do every mm-hmm. minute so there can be no flaws here, no problems. And then I thought this, and you know what? I'm going to show her and I'm going to do the laundry on top of all and it was pandemonium and Tori threw up and I didn't see that coming and all these other things were happening and they wanted their mom and uh, why is dad here? (laughs) Out of here. We want to divorce dad. And it was absolutely how could anybody do this? This is worthy of drugs. Medicate me. And that was a huge, huge help for me to realize this is a hard job. And so it helped me, that education and her ongoing talking to me. And one more thing she did. She put a little photograph of Tori on the piano, on the visor of my car, so that when I would drive west home and put the visor down at night from Sheridan House to keep the sun out, there's the little barbarian with her hair wet on this little nightgown, practicing piano, in a bad mood that she had to practice piano. And it was a reminder to Rosemary, when you come home, could I help? Could you help me? And it would be 
really great if I didn't have to ask you. It would be really great, Bob, if you don't keep coming home and saying, wow, what a day. It was brutal. And it would be really great if you came home with the mindset, how can I help? So that Rosemary could say, could you just put them in a stroller and on the little bike and get them out of Mm -hmm. here for 40 minutes? But you had, Rosemary, had to teach him that then, right? Yeah. And that's one thing on Bob's behalf is how willingly and teachable he was. I think there are a lot of men that aren't. That's not true what you just said. That's very gracious and nice what you just said. I believe it. Yes. Uh, Well, then, you know what? We're going to stop right here. Can we delete (laughs) that portion right there? I think we should stop just for the sake of your marriage. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I had to get the want to. And I didn't really want to. And a lot of men don't don't want want to. to. They know, and a lot know they can't handle it. They don't want to handle it. So they just disappear and they go to their affair with their work. And why come home? Because I can't handle it anyway. She doesn't give me total control. And if I can't be in control, then why? I'm just going to be fighting with her. So I'll just leave her alone. So you two talked off air, didn't you? (laughs) Wow, you got it. I think that's normal. I wanted to be exhausted rather than talk myself into it. You know, it's amazing how hard it is to get up early in the morning unless I know I'm going to play golf. And then I can get up early in the morning. It's amazing how hard it is for children to get up unless it's Christmas and they're bounding out of bed. It's amazing how hard it would be to come home unless I knew I was coming home and she had shipped the kids out and it's a romantic evening and I am breaking speed limits to get home. So coming home with the mindset that this is why I work. This is why I work to come to that house and getting the mindset of saying, how can I help you today? What can I do? And jumping in and saying, let me take the kids and find out all she wanted was a bath by herself mm-hmm. with nobody beating on the door outside mm-hmm. and a few moments and a cup of tea sitting in a bathtub, getting the mindset that I am supposed to come home to help. It really is sort of the ultimate selflessness of both mm-hmm. because mom mm-hmm. just has to, I mean, your whole life is for right. these kids and all that. Right. And if dad's not around as much, you have to come home also okay it's not about me it's about these kids but Mm -hmm. also my wife because she's the one keeping them alive (laughs) yeah how can i help you rather than how can i judge you how can Mm -hmm. i help you rather than what is this and and i think part of the balance is and this is very hard for some for a lot of ladies i can do all things through me who strengthens me is the woman i am woman mantra and so beautiful home beautiful kids beautiful life beautiful me and it just doesn't work like that Mm -hmm. and i had to actually a lot of pressure on that kind of a mentality I and it's s- real. Yeah. It's out there. I think I had to say it and believe it. Don't worry about the house. Mm-hmm. I had to say it and believe it. And by the way, maybe there's something I can do here at home to help, which was <laughs> yes, yeah. which was not even in my mind until I realized, you know, I can do these dishes. Let me do these dishes. And I don't really know how to bathe the child. I'm terrified, so can I do anything else or learn to bathe the child? I think we have to decide to bring it on, but we have to be communicating. And this lady, the moms, you two, have to decide balance. I can't do everything. You're listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob and Rosemary Barnes this week. I'm your host, Ruthie J. And there are a lot of resources on parenting through the ministry of Sheridan House Family Ministries. You can find that online at shfm.org. If you want to hear this program again, connect to it via Facebook or Twitter, or share it with a friend, even sign up for the daily blog. That's all on the website, parentingtoday.org. So check it out there at parentingtoday.org. 